Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Archives. <clears throat> well, I hadn't expected to come in today. To be perfectly honest, I seriously considered tendering my resignation after what happened to Isa... to Miss Thalo. I allowed my own hubris to blind me, and now not only is an Innocent young woman dead, but a dangerous relic is loose somewhere in the world. Yes, after talking to several police officers who examined the crime scene, the person or persons unknown who took Miss Thalo's life seem to have also taken the ring with them. <laughs> I can only pray that it brings on them the same misfortune that befell her. <sighs> but... Like I was saying, I wasn't supposed to be here today. I'm here on personal request from the illustrious Dr. Stewart himself. Apparently, the research assistant he assigned to cover for me in my absence has suffered a death in the family, and now rumors about bad things happening to those who work in the Scarab Archives are beginning to spread through the Foundation. <laughs> to put it simply, I'm really the only person Stewart could find who could responsibly log this new item. I mean, it's not like he was going to come down here and do it himself, was he? <laughs> Perish the thought. I'm a little peeved this Hadley Clark, or whatever her name is, that Stuart assigned already logged in the skeleton. I was really looking forward to that one. When I'm done here, I'll listen to the audio recording she made. Maybe she made some mistake that I can correct. Give me an excuse to give the relic another look. But, first things first, today's item... Newly arrived from the research division and ready for storage. Let's see here. Oh, would you look at that? Looks like it's already been tagged. Let's see. Store immediately in subsection H. Do not shake, jostle, or make any sudden movements while in close proximity to the item. Item is not to be removed from the Scarab archives without top authorized clearance. Alright. I'm intrigued. Case file V-639. Designation, the bell. The bell's dimensions are standard of a ship's bell, the kind that are still in use in ships today. 310 by 300 by 300. The bell is cast in bronze and shows no obvious signs of wear and tear. <laughs> in fact, given the historic nature of the relic, it's in remarkably good shape. The only marking on the bell's surface is the inscribed name of the ship it came from, the Hydra. The case of the Hydra remains one of the greatest nautical mysteries of all time. 
So strange are the events surrounding the eponymous ship that it tends to be overlooked by all but the most ardent of mystery seekers. Most take one look at the facts surrounding the ship's final voyage and simply walk away. The possibilities are just too open-ended. The mind literally boggles. It's a matter of public record that the three-masted ship christened the Hydra set sail from Ireland in the spring of 1797 with a cargo hold full of valuables. She was a merchant vessel privately owned and operated by her captain, one Finian O'Shea by name. O'Shea claimed to have purchased the Hydra from a scavenger crew off the coast of Africa ten years prior, though rumors persisted that he'd won her in a card game against a particularly down-on-his-luck captain late of His Majesty's Navy. Captain O'Shea made a comfortable living in the shipping of all manner of goods, sugar, spices, the like. As stated previously, the Hydra set sail in the spring of 1797. She finally drifted into port in Charleston in October of the following year. In the previous year, there had been no sightings, no sign of where the ship might have been. The crew was of no help in solving the mystery, mostly because there was no crew. At some point in the previous year, the full crew of 22 men had purely and simply vanished. Every one of them, from Captain O'Shea to the cabin boy. Their possessions, personal effects, clothes, supplies, weapons, and most puzzling of all, their cargo was still on board. It was only the men who seemed to have evaporated into thin air. In Captain O'Shea's quarters, his log was found open on his desk. The final entry was dated May of 1798, a full five months before the ship finally reached shore. Naturally, a formal investigation was launched with the captain's log as the sole piece of evidence that might hopefully help in solving the mystery. Foul play was suspected, but the fact that the ship's cargo remained unmolested seemed to rule out any pirate involvement. Within days, the investigation was completed. The official ruling was that some strange sickness had run through the crew and picked them off one by one. The ship had simply floated along until finally reaching port by pure luck. The Hydra was decommissioned and salvaged when no one showed an interest in buying her. Only her ship's bell and the captain's log were stored in a nearby warehouse. Neither piece was disturbed for over 150 years. Upon the warehouse's destruction, the bell and the log were rescued by a private collector of nautical antiquities who wishes to remain nameless. The pieces remained in his collection until recently, when he contacted the Lazarus Foundation and arranged for us to take possession of the pieces. Uh, apparently, he's in the final stages of a particularly aggressive cancer and was worried about the pieces falling into less than appreciative hands. <sighs> hmm. No sign of the log anywhere. Ah, there's a note here. Captain's log was in extremely poor condition upon arrival. Nearly illegible. Research assistants had barely finished transcribing what they could before the entire piece disintegrated. Ah, there's cliff notes of the transcription. That's helpful at least. Let's see. Normal voyage for the most part, it looks like. A close encounter with a ship that might have been the Call, captained by the notorious pirate Captain Crossbones McGurk. <laughs> that actually seems like it would be a fun read. Here's an interesting note. It seems that one night the ship struck something, big enough that it stopped them dead in the water. 
The crew thought they'd run aground on some uncharted spit of land. The tongue of the ship's bell broke from the impact and slid into the sea. Before the men could inspect the incident further, they continued sailing as though nothing had happened. Captain O'Shea noted in his log that they must have struck a particularly dense whale. The next night, the wind died completely. And that's when something truly horrifying began. Oh, I included the entire passage. That's nice. What I have just seen defies reason. Makes this old sailor question everything I once held true. I know not where to begin. Heard the first scream about an hour after the wind finally died. Pearson. Thought he went overboard. Guess he did in a manner of speaking. Mallory said some kind of rogue wave washed him over the rail, but the seas, they were glassy still. No waves at all. Heard another scream not but a few minutes later. Saw this one myself. Not a wave. First I thought it was an octopus or a or squid. Something with long, waving arms. But the tentacle I saw was made of water itself. Men started scrambling away from the rails, myself included. I clambered up the mast and looked down to make sure the men had come to safety. Oh, how I wished to God that I had not. They were all around us, those watery arms, like great waving snakes made of the sea, like the ocean were trying to reach up and claim us. The arms sought the men and grew them below where they did not rise again. So the mate, being approached and determined to save him, jumped down and my foot hit the ship's bell. I saw the arms recoil at the sound of the toll, so I hit the bell over and over again and did not stop until the arms were gone. We took stock of our losses. Four men gone to the depths. The wind soon returned, but the unspoken fear is now with all of us. We fear what we struck might be following us. We fear that whatever owes for us will return, and this time the bell might not chase it away. And it goes on from there. The same routine for months on end. The sailors would try to survive with dwindling food and water. Whatever pursued them, referred to by Captain O'Shea only as the thing below, seemed to be able to shift their course at will, keep them away from each and every port, Every so often, the wind would just die, and their pursuer would return to, for lack of a better term, feed. The bell would be rung, and the thing would retreat. The men's numbers began to dwindle. The lack of sustenance began to affect their strength. They were forced to drink seawater to survive, which affected their already fragile mental state. The final entry in the log was apparently even less legible than other pages, the paper stained with vomit and salt water. It just reads, Only three. Still sees every hour now. So hard to ring the bell. It is a mercy now. Please God let it end. Forgive us our insolence. We meant not to incur this thing's wrath. Let it be quick. God, let it be quick. Reading all this, you'd be forgiven for thinking that the bell isn't inherently paranormal or supernatural. The This thing below 
it clearly just hated the noise the bell made, right? But that's the thing. When they struck the thing below for the first time, the bell's tongue broke. Without the tongue, the bell couldn't have made a sound. So if the bell's broken, why the special instructions? Now oh, there's a final note here. While the bell shows no obvious significant connection to any open case file, the fact that it was able to repel the entity referred to as the thing below shows that it may have potential in repelling more significant and dangerous threats, specifically the open case files. Foundation staff are to ensure no damage comes to the piece, just in case. <laughs> just in case. I wonder if Stuart knows more than he's letting on. Someone there? Now, <laughs> well, it might have been a bad choice to enjoy a little drinky-poo while in the archives today, but like I said, I wasn't expecting to come in. Uh, well, <clears throat> might as well listen to the skeleton recording while I'm here. Who knows, maybe Miss Clark found something slightly interesting. <laughs>